Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In my eyes, what do you see? Hangman Page got beaten by CM Punk. <laughs> CM Punk's the new AEW World Champion. Yay! CM Punk to championship confirmed. I'm Ollie Davis. This is Luke Owen, DAD. Welcome to the AEW Double or Nothing 20. 22 review podcast please if you haven't already give us a subscribe press the thumbs up button give us a comment down below and if you're watching live get in those omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support we'll read out every single one over five us dollars before the end of the show and we've also got you can actually check out our live reactions to double or nothing you can watch it live what we thought of CM Punk winning the World Championship, our reactions to Roosh, Athena, Bivens, Stokely Hathley, and like all of that stuff that happened on last night's show. It is linked to in the video description down below with timestamps, I believe. Though, oh, if timestamps aren't there yet, they are in progress. Uh, Mod Mother is currently working on that at the moment. So you can go and see all of those key moments that's linked to in the video description. Do we have the ability to watch? Because, you know, the, the subject of the, the, the big talking point, CM Punk is the champion. I am very much pro. You are sort of pro. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. So... I am... What's a good way to describe this? Or, or like a good comparison to oh, this? Oh, um, the word is butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I think this is great. Like, I think it's awesome. I think CM Punk as world champion is a fascinating choice, particularly because of what happened in the match. I loved that main event. Mm -hmm. Loved, loved, loved the main event. I loved the character work that both Punk and Paige did. And I absolutely adored the finish to the match. The only reason we've actually gone for the, the title that we, we've got here is uh, I was getting a sort of like, I, I put up on, on Twitter the whole like, you know, um, that, that main event ruled. And I got some people responding to me being like, nope. I mean, in fact, one person said to me, 
this is the time I'm going to stop watching AEW. Wow. I've watched, I watched Dynamite. I watched Rampage. I watched Dark. I watched Dark Elevation. This is going to make me stop watching. This to me is Goldberg winning the world title in WWE. This is a very WWE move. And then I had a lot of people being like, this is AEW pushing ex-WWE guys over their homegrown talent. And like, you kind of sort of look at the social reaction to this and it was very mixed. Either people were like, well, this is quite exciting. CM Punk, what a redemption yeah. story for him. Seven years out of the wrestling business, he's come back. And within his first year back, he's world champion. And the other half of it, which is just like, lol, AEW, lol, CM Punk wins, lol, ex-WWE guys, this, that, and the other. Which is why I thought it was an interesting talking point mm. as to whether or not, is this the right choice? Was it the right time to put the belt on Punk now? Or, as you had theorized, doing it at All Out in Chicago in the summer? I think the the answer to that question really does rely, and I hate this, how it plays out <laughs> but should we should we see uh i've got actually the production team they're gonna do some really cool picture in picture thing we can watch the the moment we, cm we, punk won we could have done this professionally because we've got the ability to do that. that up on the and it, this is you gonna look, be professional you looked at me and said could we do this i was like we could have done if we'd have thought of it half an hour ago well you know let's see because I, I remember my reaction yeah i'm up out my seat Yes, mm. and that was unbridled, uncontrolled joy. I don't know what your reaction was. So yeah, please, uh, production guys, can you put in the split screen? <laughs> Ollie, people aren't going to be able to hear the audio. You're too far away. And there's a set of Bunker Cardo. Oh, well, that's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, oh Ollie, sure press the back button. Press the, the directional button. The back that button? was so good. There's no timestamps. Oh. what's happening to you. Okay, this is where he's struggling. Yeah. You know if you use the directional arrows, oh, yeah. that forwards it five seconds. What are you going to do? <laughs> Into it. He's sucking him into it. Here we go. So I believe your reaction there was no. Because Paige is my guy. Yeah. So that, that's the point I was going to make. Like, I love this as a choice. Love Punk as champion. And I love the character stuff that did this. But I just walked into this match, and I've been walking into this paper being like, Paige is my champion. Paige is my guy. And I do want to see him succeed, because I've wanted to see him succeed since AEW launched. That's just been his whole journey. And so... What? He won the championship. So my reaction there was very much a case of, ah, <laughs> oh, man, my guy didn't win. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, that's very cool that CM Punk did win. So the match itself... Uh, went about 25 minutes, uh, you know, that good standard title match main event length. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm quite glad we're past the days of minimum 45 minutes for the main event. Yeah. But this was, it was, it was really good, really good at the start. The intensity from both guys getting up in each other's faces. So remember that chop that Hangman Page did, like a whip down on Punk's chest. Yeah, because the first one he did 
was like that sort of like dull thud sound, which doesn't get over as much mm. with a, a live crowd because it doesn't make the big loud sound. So he was just like, oh, cool, I'll do an overhand one instead then because that's guaranteed to be well louder. You could almost hear his hand go back like that. Um, the middle part was, you know, just fine, I thought. And the end bit really got to some high drama. Unfortunately, though, I did, you know, if I was to be hypercritical comparing it against other main events. Because you hate AEW. <laughs> because AEW has established such a high benchmark for wrestling for me. I think it's fair to judge AEW on AEW standards. Agreed. I don't think it's the strongest main event. But it's, it's one of the strongest outcomes. The character work at the end of Page holding the championship belt. The referee's taken a bump. Is he going to use the championship belt on CM Punk? Cheat to win. Because in his mind, maybe that's justified. Maybe Punk is such an existential threat to the company. He should go back on his morals to do that. And a visually interesting thing as well, using the symbol of mm. the company to beat the guy you're trying to defend this company from. Uh, and... Page decided no. He threw the title down. Because CM Punk was on his knees being like, don't hit me. I'm so weak. I'm so frail. But it wasn't, it was. he didn't play. It just like, I am a tired man. Now, I, he was like on his knees being like, don't hit me. No, don't. no, no, no. But no, not. This wasn't Ric Flair heel begging off. It wasn't heel begging off. It's It was mind games. Mm. He was being like, don't hit me. I'm so frail. This is not the way to do things. And then in his head, like, because once he puts the belt down, I'm going to hit him with the GCS and I'm going to win. I think you're bringing your own baggage to that reading. That, you think? Well, so what do you think CM Punk's actions there were? Where he was like, he didn't want to get hit by the belt. <laughs> Perfectly understandable. I felt it was more Punk mind games. I think Punk suckered him in, which is what Punk was doing in the lead up mm -hmm. to the match. That's what he's been doing in this feud, is suckering Paige in to overreacting to something or underreacting to something and then taking advantage of that. And I think he did it on purpose to take advantage of Paige. Well, whatever the intention was, he did take advantage. Paige, like, you know, the the the, the angel sorry, sorry. Uh, Luke is right, Ollie is wrong. Um <laughs> Luke is totally right. <laughs> the angel on his shoulder won out Paige, put the belt down, but walked into a GTS Punk hits it to win. Oh, yeah. So really, like, good finish. Great character. Love the finish. But, yeah, that middle part. It never really got into the super-duper near-fall section that would be a classic main event. And, unfortunately, Punk tried to hit the Punk Shot Lariat twice and both times fell over on the sort of somersault over the top rope. And it was unfortunately quite embarrassing so this was the other point as to sort of like you know what is this the right choice to make this is something that adam raised in the office so like i came into the office today uh, uh just as adam was watching the match and i don't think he knew the I, he didn't know the outcome of it at that point either so i was there to sort of like watch him and sort of like watch his reaction to it as well his reaction when it finished was essentially it's quite embarrassing to watch punk wrestle sometimes because of things like that. And I think the crowd was starting to turn on Punk in mm. the match because I don't think he can go at that level that he is sort of like projecting to be, you know, the best in the world. And it's hard to claim you are the best in the world and you're the world champion when you are blowing spots like that. I do think that first one is fairly intentional. <clears throat> because I don't, he you was can never, pass it off. Yeah. He was never intended to hit it because 
Paige then goes into the GTS, which he then escapes. But the second one, 100% Punk was supposed to get over and hit the same way that he did to John mm-hmm. Silver. Punk even made a joke about this to the live crowd uh, after the show went off the air. He was like celebrating with FTR and made the joke of like, please never let me do the buckshot lariat again. <laughs> so that also brings up to that idea of like, in, in such a work rate based company, should we be putting our top title on someone who maybe isn't as strong in ring as some of the other talent? I disagree. And here's why. Look at Punk's body of work since he's come to AEW. Look at the like the variety of matches as well. The match against Dax, the match against Eddie, the match against Derby, the match against the two matches against MJF. The 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 sell like the just absolute ragdoll selling through the Wardlow match. Punk is one of the best wrestlers in the world working today, but and he never has been an acrobat. <laughs> Look at look at his top rope elbow drop. Just don't do those moves. Yeah, you know, like if you just take that part of it out and emphasize Punk's strengths, of which he has many and is exceptional at, then that's fine. And I also completely disagree with the argument that Punk cannot go in rings. I think there is so much to the contrary that he can go in the ring. I think it's similar to when I think psychologically he's. Untouchable. It's so much better than what he was, and he was already great. Absolutely, I think untouchable. Uh, I think it's similar to we, you know, the the Dynamite review uh, last week with the blown spots finish between Britt Baker and um, Tony Storm, Mm. and people were using that to be like, ah, you see, this is why you shouldn't be focusing. Like, this is why you shouldn't be crowing for so much women's wrestling on AEW because they're constantly blowing spots. And I was like, well, yeah, if you highlight one blown spot out of ten matches then yeah, you can say that's why you shouldn't do it. But if you ignore the other nine matches where there are no blown spots, then you're sort of missing the bigger picture here. And I think to just say like, well, Punk blew one buckshot lariat does not mean he is a two. Does not mean he is a bad wrestler. (laughs) Definitely not. But it did prevent the match from like being a classic. I think Punk hated the fact that he blew that spot as well. Yeah, you've got to hate that. And I agree. Like it is... It stops it from being that classic match. Because mm. if they'd have got that spot right of Paige kicking out the punk shot lariat, punk kicking out of the, the Goda S, I think it it would have been like in- amazing stuff. Not one of the greatest uh, AEW main events ever, but certainly like in conversation for top five or so. Oh, really? So I was trying to think of how, how many pay-per-view main events have we had? So it's been like, what, 10 or so? Uh, well, for three years, four a year, so 12. Oh, 12. Yeah, maybe 15. Uh, you know, I would say this is definitely bottom half, maybe bottom third. Yeah, I think that's probably but fair. Like the, and, and this kind of plays into the overall pay-per-view. I think this is probably the weakest pay-per-view. And weakest is, a, is an unfortunate phrase. The least best AEW pay-per-view since All Out 2020. Mm. Remember that sort of Matt Hardy gets concussed, yeah. everything felt a little bit off all night. There was that weird eight-man tag. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people make fun of Revolution 2021 with the Christian reveal and the barbed wire exploding death match. But man, that was like... It was a great card uh, outside and, of it. And until that last moment, you know, Eddie covering Moxley, I could... I can't fault the ambition. I think that's magnificent storytelling. So I actually don't mind Revolution. But yeah, this for me, it was the highs were never massively high. 
compared to other shows. And it was such a long show, four hours, 40 minutes, that a lot of the just more middling mid-card matches drag the overall average enjoyment down that's it i think the fact that this was a three-star show maybe like a proper a proper wrestling observer newsletter thumbs in the middle show that it being four hours 40 minutes just highlights that problem like if this had been four hours and 40 minutes but filled with nothing but four star four and a half star matches like they've done in the past like they have done in the past you wouldn't notice it but when you have a show that isn't those highs you do then feel that four and a half hours. So with the Punk Hangman stuff, I, you know, Punk's, he said he's not going to join anywhere unless he has a whole year of storyline planned out. So we're eight months into Punk in AEW, maybe Mm -hmm. nine. So what is like, if you're going to judge whether Punk is the guy to put the belt on now, I definitely think yes, because you kind of want your biggest star as the champion. That makes most sense. This means that the belt will be featured more on TV. It it will have better storylines. The list of matches is just mouth-watering. Although, you know, Hangman Page versus Okada, Hangman Page versus John Moxley. I You know, those are cool, but Punk versus those guys, Punk versus Omega, th- these are like first-time-ever matches. Yeah. I think it's very telling. When they announced Forbidden Door, we did a poll on this podcast where it was like, of the Okada match options, which one are you going to, which would you like to see, Danielson, Punk, or Page? Page came bottom quite easily so. Mm. It was a two horse race between Punk and Danielson. Danielson ultimately won out, but Page wasn't within an arse's roar of winning. I think so, business wise, definite right choice. A proven ratings ticket draw. And creative wise, I, you know, too early to say, but I have strong optimism that it will be. And it's going to be great for Paige as well, because he can have that sort of more doubting edge to his character, which is where Hangman works best. And he can rant and rave at at Punk as champion, saying, no, you're an evil guy. No one else can see it, but I can see it. That's the thing that excites me the most about Mm. this. I think without that promo that we had on Dynamite leading into this, I'd be like, okay, cool. There's some really like, there's some exciting matches coming up because, <clears throat> as you say, some of them are first time matches. Mm. That promo on Rampage, uh, on Dynamite, however, makes me interested in it from a character and story perspective, and that's what usually really gets me sort of going like with, within wrestling. So that's what's really exciting me about uh, Punk being champion. Also, as well, and some people, someone pointed this out in the, the comments on the live reaction, which I actually hadn't thought of. We're here talking about All Out in Chicago. Forbidden Doors, the next show. That's also in Chicago. Oh. You've probably got to think he's going to be one of the main event matches. Your yeah. your local town guy as this company's top champion going into this big show. Yeah, like, of course, you put the belt on Punk now. Oh, Punk Tanahashi. That's, uh, I mean, there's so many. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So let's get into your Omega chats. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Uh, get your messages in there. We'll read them out over five US dollars. Laksim Narasimhan B. Weird fantasy booking. I did mention this on another YouTube earlier. Punk keeps defending until full gear. Paige takes a breather and ends up winning the casino ladder match. Guess who else won something like that twice in a row? Wink. And faces Punk at full gear. So this, is what, this is how Paige got his Omega match. Uh, oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Hopefully they've got something bigger. I yeah. I think that there is a long-term story here, and I wonder if it does result in the Punk heel turn. Punk in the post-match interview, sorry, in the the press conference thing when Tony Khan, when Tony Khan wasn't going off on one. Um, Honestly, Punk, <laughs> Punk did say that I, I'm pretty sure he was talking about like I'm a babyface. And I'm going to be continuing to be a babyface now. Like, oh, there's no plans or anything like that. I have got nothing but intentions to be a babyface here. Oh, yeah. You've got to take that at face value, haven't you? Yeah. At babyface value. Definitely trust the wrestler who's telling you, oh, I'm a babyface oh, baby guy. <laughs> Master Popo 12. Hey, gents. By the time you read this, we'll be halfway through our 14-hour return trip from Indianapolis back to Boston with our new puppy. Uh, calm down, Jerry Lawler. What say you two to punk reigning over the summer and Kingston is the one to dethrone him in New York City at Arthur Ashe? I would love... I, can, I actually am excited to see a rematch between Punk and Kingston this time over the world title. That excites me massively. I, and I feel Kingston is the only one who listens to Hangman. Yeah. I mean, he'd be the only one that believes me, yeah. 
Mikos Linderos, I'm so sad. I'm also happy for Punk and his supporters, I guess, but still, Punk was not the wrong winner. I don't think there could be one, but Hangman is my boy, and he was excellent in this match. Cannot wait to see what's next for him. This hurts. Yeah. As, as a Page fan, like a, some people keep pointing out. Sorry? Van Zandt. Yes, like, yeah, as a Paige Van Zandt, hmm. uh, a few people have pointed out I was wearing a CM Punk t-shirt on the, the stream <laughs> last night. You can like both guys. Paige is my guy. Well, as the crowd, we didn't get into this. It was 50-50, and it really depended on what the last spot was. Sometimes it was 75% booze for Punk. Sometimes it was 75% booze for Paige. I was like... There are some people in this crowd who are booing and cheering both guys, yeah. depending on the wind. It was a fascinating crowd. Really cool. Really, really cool. Like, I, I think if you were an outside perspective looking in, you might be like, I think the crowd were just booing this whole match. But no, it was actually the people who were just supporting the other guy were just much louder. The people who were supporting the other guy, booing the other guy, were mm. louder than the cheers for the supporting guy, which was so weird. You're right. Like, there was this 75 switch that kept happening throughout. I thought it was so interesting. Homer Star fan 13, say what you want about Punk winning, <laughs> but watching him break down after winning the belt is what makes me love wrestling and shows how much this second run means to him. Yeah, lots of tears for mm -hmm. Punk. Uh, re really heartfelt. Percy SM, not a fan of Punk winning, but can't wait for him to turn heel and Eddie Kingston to take the belt from him after a huge told you so. Lot of lot of support for Eddie. Oh yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, how can you not support Eddie after that walk he did to the ring during the Anarchy match? How are you going to win this match, Eddie? Oh, with murder. <laughs> oh, okay. In all fairness, he did tell us this ends with you in the ground. How many times do I have to tell you guys I murder people? I murder people. <laughs> Please lock me up. I have murdered people and I will do it again. Eddie. <laughs> Grimble Fix. I think the main event, especially the crowd reaction, was fascinating. I can't remember a match where I changed who I wanted to win during the match as many times as last night. After the belt spot, I wanted Hangman to win, but I can't complain about Punk. Brilliant. Tyler Robinson, Menberg for nine months. Everyone knows CM Punk was the right call before the Forbidden Door. Everyone wants CM Punk versus Okada. If it is champion versus champion, which it might not be. Kane plays games. I can give the main benefit of doubt, but this show highlighted where I'm starting to lose faith in AEW. Putting old WWE guys over young talent, Tony feels like he's just playing with his action figures instead of booking a show with longevity. To counter that, Kane plays games. <coughs> none of these, none of the people on the roster are ex-WWE guys. They are all current AEW guys. They are all his own action figures in his own company. I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going to say, they're all XROH and TNA guys. <laughs> well, there's that as well. <laughs> that then had a small stint in WWE. But yeah, like, I, I, I don't buy the whole ex-WWE guy argument. I actually, I think it is one of the worst arguments that the internet has created to sort of like poo-poo uh, anything that AEW does or anything that TNA did, mm. you know, 15 years ago when they were like, oh, it's just the ex-WWE guy company. I, I, I think it is a straw man argument. It's a, it's a really, really piss poor uh, viewpoint. I, I look at WWE sometimes and think it's the ex-ROH guy company. Totally. Riot DR. CM Punk has always been an S-class promo, but has never been particularly athletic compared to his ROH alumni. He still provides some of the best matches I've ever seen, so I look forward to Punk's reign. By the way, flips over the ropes aren't easy. Oh, oh 100%. Yeah. yeah, I'm not trying them. No. Uh, bad boy Dino. Dino. I really thought Punk was going to hit Paige with a low blow after he put the belt down, but hey, he's back at the top of the world. But the real question is... 
When Billy Gunn scissors <laughs> Bowens while he was sleeping, is that considered sexual assault? No, because I think it's it's consensual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're all they're all like yeah. It's their, it's their symbol. In an ideal world, everyone would have been conscious, though, for mm. that. That one guy I know said, I would love to see Eddie Kingston take the title off CM Punk. The third person. Not one person yet has talked about Paige getting the belt back. Well, actually, no, one person talked about Paige getting the belt back, but it's more in favour of Eddie being the guy. Noah Fortner, to me, this isn't Goldberg winning the title. Punk is there pretty much every week. I think it was the right choice because when he won, I jumped out of my seat and screamed so loud, I woke up and scared the hell out of my dog. Yeah, I mean, I think to compare against Goldberg, I feel kind of bad for the person who kind of, because a few people dogged on him afterwards because dog piled on him. Because he's there every week on TV. He's a re- he's had 11 matches on TV this year. He's a regular fixture of AW. He's not a part-timer. Mm. And really... He's not that old. Yeah, compared to WWE's like, what, average like, age. How old is he? Like in his early 40s? 40. So 44? I don't know. Yeah, let's have a look. See how I old feel like is. AJ Styles is older than him. And he AJ's yeah, he's, 45. Yeah, he's 43. Yeah. He's not He's not that old. That's a, that's a practical call-up in WWE. <laughs> <clears throat> Man. I think, is he younger than Damien Priest? No, no. Damien Priest is like late 30s, 38, I think. Meng. I think, I, think, I, think, I think they might be the same. Oh, he's 39, so they're not too far off. Meng. I don't think we should judge Punk solely on the work rate when he can bring so much storytelling in and out of the match. Page and Punk has no prior history, but look how much crowd invest in the match. What's next for Punk is what we should be asking now. That's yeah? a good question. Well, it's Forbidden Door, whatever Forbidden Door is. And finally for now, Danny, do you think Punk could get a good match out of a wrestler with a lower work rate than him, like Paige, Omega, etc. can? Wrestled John Cena a lot and got five-star <laughs> matches out of him. Yeah. Well, like, Punk is like, he's a character story guy. And he, he it's not, but that's not to say that in-ring wrestling isn't phenomenal. It's just the moves aren't spectacular. Yeah. They're actually pretty, you know, basic by AEW standards. But the timing, the selling, the story, the psychology, that's what makes Punk my favourite. Honestly, like, watch watch his WWE run, where he was working with a lot of people that were not as good as him in the ring, and the amount of times he was... Ca- that was the top, he's the best worker in WWE, yeah. and he was carrying a lot of people to great matches there. Ryback. Uh, yeah, I mean, last one we got here is from Carlo, said, Lucas writes, Ollie is so in love with Punk, the wrestling world made it this far without him being on top. We all know he's a political guy, and he will let you guys down again. Let's face it, TK is in love with Punk more than Ollie is. Well, you know what? That sounds like a hell of a heel turn storyline. I'm here for that. Right, let's get on with the rest of the pay-per-view. We've got a lot of matches to cover, so we might bump through them at quite a fast clip. The kickoff show only had one match. started at quarter to the like a quarter hour out from the main card it was Hookenhausen <coughs> beating Tony Nese and Mark Sterling just for the record Hookenhausen uh, versus Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling good fun this um, exactly what it needed to exactly be. what it needed to be I thought you said this Smart Mark Sterling might be, has been an MVP on a lot of episodes of Dynamite as of late and he was superb in this match he was cling filmed into a sort of wrestling onesie outfit uh yeah, he, he just did everything right. It's effectively two wrestlers with their managers having a tag match. Um, and Hook had it won. 
tagged in Danhausen. Danhausen got the pin. Yeah, great. Loved it. Well, where would you take them next? Hookhausen. Hookhausen. I don't know because like it's is it is it better to keep them together for the meme? But then, like, how far can you take that? Like, do you take them into a, a, a title program? Hmm. Or is it just... A tag title program. Yeah. Or is it just, we've done this now, let's spell them off their separate ways. Like, Hook, I think, is a very interesting character. And, like, I, I can't quite see what his trajectory is in, in AEW at the moment. Like, hmm. you know, he's undefeated. But also, he is just this guy that only wrestles on Rampage once every, <laughs> like, you know, few months or whatever it is. So, like, yeah, I, I don't... I can't quite see where it's going yet what about you well i i said maybe i don't want him to break away from team taz but maybe ricky and hobbs could break away and hook could win the ftw title to get it back for his dad Mm -hmm. that could be pretty cool you kind of just want that reluctant anti-hero baby face don't you so put him in situations like that yeah or just stick the world title in yeah why do you miss the? Why does? Why do you and Tempest keep missing the TNT title? Oh, that's right, because it's a joke. <laughs> the first match of the card was Wardlow taking on MJF. Apparently, this was always scheduled to be the opener, so this wasn't a case of. Well, yeah, we didn't really get into all this. So, if you've been living under a rock, MJF didn't show up to a meet and greet on Saturday, and then there were lots of reports that he was gonna leave Las Vegas, no show the pay-per-view as well. A flight had been booked for him. He had a Who plane... paid for the flight? Who bought the ticket? We don't... It, it, it wasn't bought by TK, and it wasn't bought by MJF. Who bought the ticket? He had a ticket booked for him to leave Las Vegas and fly out uh, back to home, uh, I believe, to New York or around that area. Uh, and he didn't get on that plane. Uh Fightful Select have got quite a few interesting reports around this about sort of like the talent backstage reaction to this. But from what we can gather and sort of looking at this is exactly what Sean had speculated is that this is 100% a shoot that is now being turned into a work. So Max shows up to to show like right to kick off the pay-per-view. And it's it's good that they got this out uh, early, I think, you know, just took the edge off the rest of the show because experience in this match even though it was exactly what it needed to be the stuff behind the scenes that everyone was aware of unfortunately i feel did dampen it somewhat so max comes out after waiting a while like oh is he gonna come out at all and he sort of mocks everything he's healing it up does that an airplane thing and then sort of like does like a (laughs) booby cry face that's the crowd and everything but it did feel like a more like that part did feel like a more cynical pissed off MJF and then when the match started Wardlow got the great Goldberg entrance and it was just a seven minute angle really which is Max running away from Wardlow Wardlow finally gets him 10 power bombs that's it that was it um yeah so uh, Sean tweeted after the show that MJF had claimed to him that he showed up right before his match did the match left directly afterwards and it wasn't there for the rest of the show but Sean was like I'm going to work to confirm that before I uh, <laughs> you know, run that as a story. So I, th- I feel like we are now into the, the, the second phase of this, which is the the work aspect of this and what this means for the MJF character. Because like afterwards, he was stretched out of the arena after all of the power bombs and stuff to write him off TV for a little while. Hmm. 
fascinating when we did the poll yesterday um, about whether people thought this was a shoot or a work. It was a 50-50 split, essentially, of people like, is it uh, whether it's a shoot or a work. I really thought it would be so much more heavily weighted towards shoot. Because I think it is there's so many signs pointing to that, as opposed to it being pointed to work. Because the work makes no sense. This is what we were discussing yesterday it's on the show. what the greatest works are. Yes, all, all of the, the best works in wrestling are the ones we look at and be like, what was the point of that? Yeah. You know, like Corey Graves and Booker T, one of the all-time great works. And I was like, what did, what did that achieve in the end? Booker T, Pete Rosenberg. <laughs> no, wait, who was the guy? I, I actually quite liked him. The sort of Scott Stanford. <laughs> yeah. He had a feud with Booker T. Did he? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, if you are sort of still in that camp of, I think it was a work, the question is then, what did the work achieve? And as you mentioned earlier, and I think a few people would uh, agree with this, it actually took away from the match. Because there was so much drama, rumor, and innuendo surrounding it that I really do think it dampened the Wardlow win and an eventual signing. I've been trying to think about why that is. And I, I, I think it's because MJF Wardlow... It is all kayfabe. It is all story. It's two years. Mm -hmm. And the the payoff to the story was very comic booky, over the top, babyface gets 100% revenge. It's a cartoon, but a cartoon I love to watch and is one of my favorite storylines in AEW. So when you've got this very fictional world, uh, what seems to have happened is this real life prick has punctured that that illusion yeah so now you've got these bits of reality seeping and it's like oh actually oh that that kind of undermines all the investment i have in this it's like you know if robert downey jr was very publicly unhappy with marvel and his pay and he wanted out the same weekend avengers endgame was released and you're watching you know a scene that happens, you know, ah, uh, yeah, but there were money issues behind the scenes. Mm. Yeah, it does take you out the story. So yeah, I, it's it's really unfortunate. Wardlow really did like did completely faultless throughout all of this, and he, he he maximized his minutes. And when Tony Schiavone announced, "You've got a contract now, all elite graphic," I, he sold it to perfection. Tears, like so just great, happy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, where where do we go from here? I think Max is off TV for a month minimum. Maybe he just skips Forbidden Door. Could do. Yeah, I mean, which would be a real shame to not have MJF on the, the Forbidden Door card. But having said that, there's so many other people that we want to be trying to get onto there. Maybe Wardlow could be a TNT title picture guy. Who isn't? Well, I mean, now that, now that Sammy and Frankie are done, we might be able to get something interesting out of that belt. And, you know, and there's there's... Things to be paid for there with Sky as champion, Wardlow as a challenger. Yeah. You know, he would have won it previously had he not been screwed out of it. Uh, after that, we got the Hardys versus the Young Bucks, which... Did not need to be on this show. <laughs> ended up being a really good match. Like the second half, the it went 20 minutes. Second half, I thought, was really thrilling. And at times scary when Jeff got up to high places. But the first 10 minutes were were clunky. I felt like the match didn't have that much heat initially. So testament to the guys for getting everyone in. But yeah, just um you know, this this was the 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 band you used to love 7 years ago doing that song again 
oh, it's not as good. Yeah, because this was trying to recapture <laughs> that 2016, 2017 magic. And I don't think it quite did. And I think reason why it didn't is because there wasn't the story going into this. This was a story of an eight-man tag that got distilled into a tag team match. And I don't think that it really got the most out of it. Like, if you're going to do the Hardys versus the Bucks in AEW, I think you should have made a bigger deal out of it than, you know, being announced the week before the pay-per-view on a ran like randomly on Rampage. By the way, this is happening at the pay-per-view. So I, I don't think it fully succeeded in what it set out to do. But I thought the match was it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy, you know, if we're talking about botches. <laughs> Stumbling a lot, mo not moving around great at all. When he goes up to the top rope, you can hear him going, <gasps> and then he fell. He got yeah. stuck up there. So, yes, um, really good by the end, but didn't need to be on the show also and you know if that's you can... 20 minutes saved i'm that... gonna save time as we go along that's it we should also point out though that the reason why this show did go long and the reason why it was set out to be so long is because there was a basketball game on which had a, th a worry that it was going to go into overtime and therefore we needed to delay the main event of this show as much as possible so we had things added to the card in order to sort of artificially artificially extend things out so that people could watch the the basketball get all the touchdowns in and then order the pay-per-view and watch the pay-per-view afterwards so they can see the main events which is an admirable awareness of other things that are happening in the world that could compete with your product something that wwe often lacks in their strategy as you can see with the money in the bank venue change but I'm just like, when I really think about that methodology, it doesn't hold a great deal of water because who's buying the pay-per-view for the last half an hour? Who's might... dropping 50 bucks to at watch the end the... of the NBA game to watch that? Well, I, I, I mean, in the boxing world, do people not just buy boxing pay-per-views for the final for the... final fight? Yeah, and there's lots of would. like prelim matches yeah. beforehand. I don't really know boxing much, but I'm pretty sure that's the case, right? Yeah, yeah. Generally, you just watch the main event. Same for UFC. Well, you watch the whole thing, but most people care about the main event. But I, I'd say UFC is a bit more spread on the card, and I'd say wrestling is more than that in terms of interest. It'd be... I'd be, you know, Tony's the numbers guy. I'd be fascinated to see if there was this huge influx of viewers. I'm sure he'll tell pay per view buys. I, I'm sure he'll tell us that yeah. that there was when having a pop at Eric Bischoff over something. <laughs> After that, we got another match that shouldn't have been on the show: Jade Cargill versus Anna J. No build for this really. The work was. Whoa, quite... What are you talking about? <laughs> Anna J ran down at the end of something. Let's say. <laughs> oh, let's say it's Anna Jay. Uh, the match was pretty sloppy. Anna Jay really uh, didn't look great, unfortunately. It, working quite slow, a few missed spots. But in the, I mean, it only went seven minutes. It felt a lot longer. The last few minutes, however, that what though, were all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. So you had the baddies run out. You had Malcolm Bivens from oh. NXT just show up. Well, you had so the baddies ran down. And then you had John Silver, uh, Mark, Sterling Mark Sterling ran down because Mark Sterling has been the manager for Jade, but they have had some sort of like d disagreements as of late. They had the whole thing about Marina Shafir and this and the other. Um, and John Silver ran down to take out um, Mark Sterling. And then, as you said there, the former Malcolm Bivens of NXT walks down to the ring and the crowd are like, whoa, whoa, it's it's Bivens. It's, it's, it's that, Oakley. It's that guy. 
so Stokely, like, he's now associated himself. He's now, like, the new manager of Jade Cargill and the baddies. And then Jade eventually gets the win here. And after the match, you know, the baddies are going to go beat down Anna Jay. Chris Statlander runs down to make the save. But the numbers game is still there for the baddies. So who should make her AEW debut to even up the numbers? But the former Ember Moon in WWE, Athena on the, the independent scene, is she like officially signed with the company? I'm, I'm going to assume so. I have a quick check on that. I haven't actually seen a graphic or anything. Yeah, uh, which is great. Love Ember Moon slash Athena. Unfortunately, it's yeah, not. She has got her graphic. Yeah, it's not something I feel myself getting massively excited about, and that's not a slide at her at all. It's because I don't get excited for women debuting in AEW as part of baby face assortments you know chris statlander is now in another group of baby faces yeah. why are you together oh because we're good guys we're fighting, the... fighting against the bad guys fighting against a common evil that's, yeah. a, that's a fairly like well-trodden road yeah and i would be fine with that if i hadn't seen it a bunch of times specifically with chris statlander already and with you know as we've seen with tony storm and other aew women's debuts it's it's like if an NXT call up happens in the WWE main roster. I'm I don't I how can you get excited by it? Do you remember that episode when Champa, Gargano, Black, and Ricochet all got called up and everyone was really excited, but you were the lone voice being like, I think we should all temper our expectations on this one. Let's not be uh, blown away by all the the the, the pyro and bally who are around this. Because NXT call-ups have got a very bad track record. And I think it's the same thing with, here with women in AEW. Athena will have a match on Dynamite. She may then have a match on Rampage in two weeks' time. And then we'll probably won't see her again for a few months. Or she'll probably have a load of bunch of matches on Dark and Dark Elevation. Like Tony Storm and Ruby Soho, Soho before her. Yep. Um, I really want to be wrong. So I, I, I want so badly to be wrong here. <laughs> but track record has shown. And I would think that would be an awful, awful waste of talent. Because Athena is so, so great. Incredibly underutilized in, in, in WWE. And I really want her to be able to have the platform here to show how great she can be. Uh, after that, we got the first just, this was an amazing match. Oh, yeah. like this. Although going in, I would have said, ah, does it need to be on the pay-per-view? You were ready to cut this yeah. in the predictions video. When it, when it played out, my God. House of Black versus Death Triangle, six-man tag. This was the match they obviously wanted to have at Revolution, but Phoenix was injured and Eric Redbeard replaced him. So you got all of these spots they presumably had in their back pocket for months, just multiple stare-offs. Anything you can do, I can do better. Brody King, mostly flipping onto the apron. He got he got <laughs> he got some of it. This was an incredible, incredible match. Loved every single second of it. You made the uh, the point of like it was it's so quick and it's so frantic that when they kind of like are slightly off pace with a certain spot, they're slightly out of position for a certain spot, or you know, like the Brody King thing, it doesn't matter because it feels like more real and more chaotic, but also it's just like someone once described Airplane as the greatest comedy movie in the world because if you don't like one joke it's okay because the very next joke is probably going to make you laugh that's what this match was <laughs> sure they didn't get that spot right but the next spot was absolutely spectacular and the one after that was also spectacular and that one didn't quite work but it's okay because they've got another spot not three seconds later that's spectacular loud and fleshy <laughs> yeah. uh, the finish was weirdly 
Um, Alex Abrahant has distracted the referee. Pack low blowed Malachi Black. The crowd booed that. We went a little bit further, and then I think Pack is about to win. With the black arrow. Lights cut out. Lights come back up. Finally, Julia Hart is there in sort of full emo mode. Mm -hmm. And she missed Pack. Malachi Black gets the win. So yeah, House of Black has Julia Hart as a member now. Fine. Clearly, this was supposed to have happened in February. Yes. They were supposed to, this was going to be the match they had in February and the spot they had in February and the ending of this they had in February. Only Phoenix was out, so they just delayed it for a little bit and it made the story go a little bit too long. A little bit in my GM mode, they'd have said this feud has cooled off. Uh, but yeah, finally, Julia Hart's done the big reveal. She looks awesome in the group as well because the group had this wicked like group face paint thing that they were doing. They look really, really awesome as a unit. Curious to see where it goes. I think probably nowhere. Um, <laughs> but having said that, cool little addition to the faction. Yeah, I, I, House of Black, you know, they've been stuck in this death triangle mix for a while. Both factions, uh, they really deserve something big because I think... Malachi Black is someone you could just go, boom, he's facing CM Punk, and everyone would be okay with that. Yep, 100%. Um, boom, he's going to win the TNT title. Boom, House of Black are going to win the tag team titles. Everyone would just be like, yeah, sure. That's how over they are. This company has got the most incredible TNT scene that they are not using. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After that, we got the first of our two Owen Hart Foundation tournament finals. Adam Cole beat Samoa Joe. Uh, and like a bit of a you know I've seen better matches from both guys on Dynamite it was a, it's a mid card match on a pay-per-view mm. like yeah I agree with you I, I I mean we said at the during the live reactions the emotional high point of this pay, of this tournament was Dax versus Cole which was like the first real yeah. match of the the tournament um and Cole going all the way through, Cole winning here being uh, Samoa Joe, relatively clean as well. I mean, there was some Bobby Fish interference. Um, but yeah, like, like Cole made sense because Britt was going to win. So like there was only one cup. So I guess you had to have the power couple win this. The match, I, I think everyone going in, everyone thought this was going to be the big sort of like show stealer match. And I don't think it was that match in the end. Mm -hmm. the, the, the women's match was much better. Uh, not that Cole Joe was bad. It was just like, you know, by pay-per-view standards. A three and a half star match. Maybe, maybe three and three quarter. But Baker and Soho's benefit was these fantastic entrances that just woke up the crowd. And they were really into the first third of the match. A lad from Fizzy did uh, Britt <laughs> Baker's entrance and then Rancid did the big full Ruby Soho song. Mm -hmm. um, so funny watching the live reaction to it. People was like, they sound terrible. I was like, no, they sound like Rancid. Like, <laughs> this is how punk music sounds. And it's amazing. Um, the, it was... It, you know, it was one of those matches again, though, that never really got into that final gear, I would say. I, I liked this match more than you did. Yeah. Uh, and it was better than the men's match, but it was it was still, you know, not really even approaching four stars, I would no, say. No, I wouldn't say. Uh, and, you know, this is the final of a massive tournament that's going, been going on for two months, really. Mm -hmm. uh, so Baker won clean, thankfully. I've seen a lot of people be annoyed that Baker won because Baker wins, LOL, people are turning against her. I guess I kind of expected it more. So yeah, I didn't I think, mind. I, I really didn't think Baker was winning this tournament. I should have seen it coming. As you mentioned it 
the power couple dynamic of this. But also, I really thought they were going to, they were telling the story of Ruby Soho getting her revenge for the Arthur Ashe show, particularly because she lost that match due to all of the outside interference screwing her out of the match. So then Britt Baker just winning clean here, really the cement's like, no, Ruby's just a bit pants. Yeah. And, and <laughs> she wouldn't have won anyway. Brian Alvarez said that when he, because he was there live, when Adam Cole left and they didn't present him with the belt, he was like, oh, so Baker's winning. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it was like quite, we didn't tweak that, did we? But a few people, I was like, oh, that's actually quite an awkward bit of staging. You've made that quite obvious. I mean, I suppose, but also they had then Martha Hart. Well, this, this was one of the highlights of the whole show. Yeah. So after the Baker's match, there had, you know, the a little podium had been set up with the two title belts that they now hold and the, the Owen Hart Cup trophy. And TK brings out Martha Hart. And Martha Hart does a, well, an Oscars speech, essentially. Mm. A, a corporate gathering speech where you are sort of handing out awards for, like, best window cleaning company in uh, the, the Norfolk Broads. And I thought this was just so wonderfully wholesome and mm. real and genuine. And it was, wasn't a rehearsed speech or anything. Like, Martha just had her little cue cards there and she just ran through things, thanked all of the people that she needed to thank. Adam Cole and Britt Baker stood there, clearly very proud to be representing the, the first winners, the inaugural winners of the, the Owen Hart Foundation Cup tournament. I thought this was just lovely. Like, I, I genuinely welled up. Yeah, it was it was quite special. Cole and Baker didn't do any heel work. They, you know, just stepped out of character for a moment, really. And usually it'd be like, you're exposing the business. But in this moment, it, it, everything just clicked. And it was mostly because I feel like everyone watching it at home, in the arena, probably even Cole and Baker, we were seeing a woman who lost her husband to this awful wrestling accident. And, you know, she probably thought, I hate wrestling. Wrestling has ruined my life. And what we saw play out was someone rediscovered their love of wrestling and realised it wasn't wrestling. It was a company that she took issue with. And she was just having the time of her life. She yeah. was like, she danced around. She she posed with the belts. She was like, and next year, I want everyone wearing a fancy hat. Because she was wearing a little fascinating. You said she looks like someone's mum at a wedding. Yeah, really just, happy. Just, it was so lovely. Like, and You're absolutely right as well. That she has been vilified mm -hmm. in the wrestling industry by the most powerful company in the world who have the ability to rewrite history. And they turned fans against her and made her look like the biggest villain on the planet and was never the case. And Dave Meltzer's made this point uh, quite a lot recently, which is that like anyone who watches the Dark Side of the Ring episode they did on Owen Hart is going to come to this realization of like, oh, oh, I've been lied to all these years and I've been completely wrong about my opinion on a certain person. And I think that's a tremendously wonderful story. And this was an excellent little moment to kind of cap that off. I feel really sorry for, for Martha and Tony in regard, because there's been a lot of like, I'm going to use inverted commas here, fan backlash to this because people were like, you're, you're um, abusing the memory of Owen Hart. You're only doing this for financial gain. Who he said was, that? People who say like, he has nothing to do with w uh, AEW. This should be a WWE thing. There's, like he only I belongs think that's in a very, very limited it, it is, but Twitter it's a, it, But it's a very thing. vocal uh, side of this. And it's a lot of like targeted abuse towards the people who are sort of like trying to just do good in this world. So for me, like this was just a wonderful moment to kind of mm -hmm. cap things off. You know, what has been 
an okay tournament. <laughs> it's, not, it's not been it's not been the world. It's not lit. I I would have rather Dax gone all the way to the end and won it because that was the emotional story that I was involved in. I did make the joke of like one of Triple H's and Sean's boys uh-huh. won the Owen Hart Cup. Don't like that much, but really it doesn't matter. It was yeah. I'm f- looking back. Love cannot say enough great things about the whole Martha mm-hmm. Hart treatment. But yeah, the tournament now it's all said and done. <laughs> Yeah, it was alright. Was it even all? Right? Yeah, it was alright. That's Look it. Many, we had some really good matches out of it. Like I enjoyed Darby versus Jeff. I enjoyed uh, Kyle Riley versus Ray Phoenix. Adam Cole versus Dax. Cole versus uh, sorry, uh, Kyle Riley versus Samoa Joe. I thought it was actually some really really great matches in this tournament. There were, there were. Just didn't, just didn't feel like it clicked. You know, like I'm not gagging for next year's Owen Hart Cup tournament. No. Whereas, like, after the G1's done, I'm like, oof, well, that was an intense month. I don't want it again for a bit, but my God, I can't wait for next summer. I don't think we've had that with the G1, though, since 2018. Back, yeah, <laughs> but that's not their fault. <laughs> Isn't right. it? Uh, after that, we got, for my money, the worst thing on the show. So I'm going gonna, gonna to cut this. <laughs> American Top Team which is Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Page Van Zandt making her in-ring debut versus Frankie Kazarian, a babyface, with Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti. Uh, this what this just never worked. Everyone was trying to play heel apart from Frankie. The crowd never got into it. Um, I, I just thought this is... AEW do plenty of things that I'm like, oh yeah, I could... You know, they do loads of things where I'm like, that's incredible. They do a lot of things where I'm like, I wouldn't have done it that way, but, you know, that's fine. They very rarely do just bad stuff. And for me, this is fundamentally bad. Yeah, this was a disaster. An absolute train wreck disaster match in what has been a train wreck disaster mm. storyline. Bad TV, week on week, this has been. You know what we were saying, like the Martha Hart thing, like was a wonderful culmination, you know, a really good feel-good moment. This was the culmination that was befitting the terrible story that has been told leading into this. This was all really, really awful, and I'm glad that it's done and over. Because the stipulation of this match was, if America top team win, then Frankie and Sammy cannot challenge for the TNT title while Scorpio is champion. I thought that. I'm hearing it ever. According to Wikipedia, it is uh, as long as Sky is champion. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense because that's what I thought. And then I heard, no, it was ever. And I'm like, well, I think that's fine for Frankie, but Sammy probably really should be allowed to win it again. Yeah. Not for a while. Not for a while. Because I am. And like they had a promo later on with Scorpio and Ethan Page where they were essentially saying, well, that's now done. That terrible TV is now done and we can move on to bigger and better things. And Dante Martin walks up and was like, cool, that is a perfectly fine first step into moving on from this terrible television. Mm. Ready for it to be over. This was awfully bad. Yeah. Sammy and Tay were a good act, but, you know, they're on the babyface side. But also, oh, man, this is, and this just shows what mess it was. You're right. They were sort of on the babyface side because they're with Frankie, but they were also in the heel corner of the ring, while America Top Team, who've been presented as the heels going into this, with Scorpio Sky doing the big heel turn on Rampage, were presented as the babyfaces in this match at times, with the referee getting distracted by them and, like, you know, not being able to get the legal tags and everything like that. Also, Paige Van Zandt there as the celebrity 
to get like the baby face pop and everything. Nothing in this worked. Mm. This was booked blind, or like it was like names have just been drawn out of our hats and alliances have been drawn out of our hats. This was an absolute mess of a match. And Paige Van Zandt, I thought she was fine, but this was no Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus yeah. Triple H and Stephanie levels of like, oh wow, that was awesome. Yeah, in all the segments, she's been like, oh man, she's she can really take to this. She's got the charisma, she's got the presence. But then I, th you know, maybe if this was a better booked feud and the psychology was more traditional, she would have like that would have covered up the more. It wasn't like it was limited ring work or clunky or anything. It just didn't didn't get me going. Yeah. Bad. Bad. Uh, after that, we got another match that could have been cut from the pay-per-view, although this one ended up being fantastic. This was awesome. <laughs> Carl O'Reilly versus Darby Allen uh, went 10 minutes. The first five minutes, just sort of pretty stiff work. Darby was busted open from a strike, and the crowd didn't really give it much heat because the previous match kind of killed things off. But goddamn, they just started killing each other. It was awesome. Darby botched a dive outside. I've heard someone say... Maybe that was when Carl's meant to catch him. Oh. But he, he forgot. So they redid the spot where Darby does a bullet dive and Carl catches him a choke. Carl uh, wins with three PKs because Darby got up after each one, first kicked out at one, then kicked out at two, then Carl got the pin. Great match. Loved it. Mm. Loved it. A, Should have an, been on Dynamite. An excellent Dynamite main event that was here on the mid-card of the pay-per-view. <laughs> Weirdly sets Kyle up for sort of something, though. A TNT. Again, what a wonderful TNT title picture we are building. My God, we've still got four matches on this card. No, no, we discussed the main we event. But, you know, just from, like, reliving. Thunder Rosa then took on Serena Deeb. This was 17 minutes. They got a lot of time. Um, it, and it was really good. Lo I really, really liked this match. Again, it's kind of like the, the men's singles match. It wasn't, like, one of the all-time great women's pay-per-views I, I'd probably put it in the lower third of all the women's title matches on pay-per-view um, I don't know what that says but the, I enjoyed the in-ring stuff tremendously apparently Dax laid it out for them oh really yeah or at least contributed that's why there was so many sharpshooters sharp yeah. <laughs> I, I really really enjoyed this match I thought that Rosa was awesome I thought Serena Deeb looked fantastic in the match I thought it did a lot of really cool inventive stuff a lot of really good character work in this uh, I think it slightly dragged towards the end. I think they lost the crowd. Like they had the crowd at a fever pitch and then they went another four minutes. And I think you probably could have capped it off at that fever pitch and, and the crowd would have been really receptive to the, the finish. But Thunder Rosa eventually won, which I think many people, most people expected to happen. Very, very cool. I want to see Rosa get a proper program mm. now. An actual proper storyline. So maybe some defenses on TV against some of the women on the roster. There's quite a lot of like really good talented women on that roster. Let's try and utilize some of that now. Yeah. Now, I now. was like, oh, God, you know, this is such a long show. Um, there's still three matches which are going to go long to come up. And the Jericho Appreciation Society came out all dressed in white, looking like absolute tools. And then out came John Moxley and the bad boys to Wild Thing. And JAS meet them right away and they're brawling. I'm like, this, of course, this is what I expected. It's, it's, a, it's anarchy in the arena. Anarchy in the arena. And then they keep brawling. And the music's still playing. I'm like, this is really working. And then the music came to an actual end. 
three minute song, wind it down. It started playing again and the crowd was like, yes! And then it just got better and better. It compounded. Everyone split off doing their own crazy things. Uh, this Everyone was wearing white, so blood was everywhere. Daddy Magic, oh, Daddy Magic. leaked three pints at least. Christmas Day. Eddie Kingston tried to set two people on fire, <laughs> one of whom was on his team. This this was an incredible match. I absolutely loved it. This got over massively with our live crowd. Like the live chat that we had, everyone was like, that's match of the night. Everyone I, yeah, had a, I think match of the night for me. Everyone yeah. had a wild time watching this, which is why I was stunned when I came into the office and the first thing that Adam said to me was like, that match was garbage. Found it too messy and chaotic. And I said, what? It's called anarchy in the arena. <laughs> what do you want it to be? He's like, well shot for a start. I, I they missed half the spots. It's anarchy. Yeah, like, I didn't I, mind it. I thought they pitched it so perfectly. And like, I loved all of the brawling around ringside. I loved all of the madness. Like, and it kept cutting to various different things. And it made you be like, oh yeah, they're also in this match. What's Danny Garcia up to? Where's Jake Hager gone? And it's just brawling all over the place. And, this and, that. and then finally it kind of like, it boils down to a few people just in the ring area. And they've taken the top rope off of the ring because it's a wild brawl and a big fight. And it's Jericho and Hager doing some stuff with Moxley and Danielson, you know, Blackpool Combat Club, the pro wrestlers versus the sports entertainers. And somewhere in the back, Eddie Kingston and Danny Garcia had brawled into a freight elevator <laughs> and were never seen again, as, as the commentary pointed out. And then all of a sudden, Eddie Kingston walks out from the back like a zombie, like something out of Night of the Living Dead, carrying a gas canister. And he walks down to the ring, just sort of like there's a wild look in his eyes, while Danielson has the label lock on Chris Jericho, and he just starts pouring petrol on them. <laughs> and then, and Danielson gets up, and is like, "Oh, what are you? What's all this?" And Eddie Kingston just grabs a lighter, and Danielson smiles, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and he's like, "I want to murder this man." And you. And you a little bit because I don't like you either. <laughs> I just see you as collateral damage. You dirty vegan. I think Kingston was walking down that ramp. Was like. Brilliant. <laughs> Two birds with one stone. I can kill Jericho and I can kill Danielson. If too. only Punk was there at the same time, this would be perfect for me. Happy days. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible scenes. Um, Kingston was fought off and Danielson was kind of isolated after that. And in the end, Jericho and Hager, using the turnbuckle, made Danielson pass out. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it was... I don't mind JAS winning because their opponents were two factions brought together, factions which had a lot of tension. Moxie was caught between Danielson and Kingston. Here. They had this match won, and Kingston, crucially, it was Kingston that cost them this match because of his blind hatred for Chris Jericho. Kingston cost them the match because he tried to kill <laughs> two people. And you know what? Like... I, th I I can see why Danielson would not like that. Yeah, I mean, I, do you know what? You can always see two sides to every argument. I can see Danielson's side on I, that. I, yeah, I can put myself in his <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to be murdered while I'm trying to do a wrestling hold either. Uh, just fantastic. I loved it. I want to get artwork made of Eddie walking down the ramp. Blood on his face. Like, he's, everyone looked like a zombie yeah. by the end. Oh, it's just amazing. Like, like, they've been through debris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, this this was a really great execution, you know, because they said Anakin in the arena. To be honest, I think that sounds lame. But then, when after the match, it's kind of like Stadium Stampede. Like, 
holy moly, this is a hopefully a year occurrence now. Fantastic yeah. stuff. I absolutely adored it, I, and I'm excited to see where this breaks off in its various storylines because, like, it is a it's a match that sets up multiple different actions. Someone made the point of like, you know, and I, we haven't brought this up here yet. When Kingston tries to murder uh, Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson, who's the person that breaks up the fight between the two of them? It's John Moxley. John Moxley, Eddie Kingston's best friend in the whole world. John Moxley, Brian Danielson's tag team partner, caught in the middle between these two warring. Like, what does this mean for the Blackpool Combat Club? What does this mean for Eddie and LAX? Like, are we going to get a six-man tag once Wheelie Utah is back? Like, I, I'm just so excited to see what this comes from here. Also, Kingston has not murdered Chris Jericho, so there's some unfinished business <laughs> that he has. There's still more to, to get from this, and I, and I cannot wait for, for more of it. Really? Yeah. Standout thing on the pay-per-view, yeah. unless you're Adam Blumby, oh. uh, in which you're a spoil sport. Steve Mason, Dawn of the Dead-E. Eddie. <laughs> yes. Uh, and finally, we'll cover the tag team title three-way because we've already talked about the main event. Jurassic Express took on Keith Lee, Swerve, Strickland and Team Taz. Um, everyone was really good in this match. I'd say Swerve and Lee were the standouts for me. And but, Ricky Starks. And But then Team Taz after that, like, yeah, Ricky Starks walking the ropes. So charismatic. Did, I didn't know this. He was looking at Jungle Boy's mum in the front row <laughs> when he was doing that sort of like sexy walking. Um, but much like the build and much like their entire reign, Jurassic Express felt like third wheels again. And as great as that, this was a really, really good 15 minute plus match. Yet everyone is pretty down on it, us included because of the result. Yeah, so we were all going into this hoping that we were going to see Swerve and the Glory win, and I think they should have won. Mm. And they had the greatest near fall in this match. But in the end, it was Jungle Boy picking up the win with the Jurassic Express uh, off Luchasaurus. To on pin, Swerve. On pinning Swerve Strickland as well, one of the most over guys in, in this match. The, crucially though, like storyline-wise, Christian Cage made the save for Jurassic Express twice in the match. So really, Christian Cage won this match because the story going in is that Jungle Boy has been losing a lot as of late, and which is why I thought they were going to be losing the tag belts here, and that was going to further the, the the split with Christian. But it was Christian that actually won the match for them in the end there. Then, so there is an interesting story to come out of this. It's just that I think I would have much rather Lee and Swerve win pinning Jurassic Express and having that be the dissension between them and, and Christian. Yeah, it's it's an interesting story, but I also wanted the more interesting story by now. The Christian seeds for a heel turn and turn on Jungle Boy have been planted for, for a long time. And I feel like this was the moment. Yeah. And they didn't take the moment in two ways. First, that heel turn and switching the tag belts. And Jurassic Express, I'm concerned, might get Britt Bakered in in that I can already feel a lot of fans just through the feedback I see being like, oh, Jurassic Express again. Yeah. I, I, Which is crazy to think. I, but it doesn't help that. I, and I, we wouldn't have had that reaction to them if they'd have had a great story. Mm. But this is the second pay-per-view on a bounce where they have been a tag team defending their titles in someone else's feud. Yeah. Because this has been a feud between Lee and Strickland against Team Taz and then Jurassic Express are also there. And at Revolution, it was a feud between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks 
and Jurassic Express were also just there. And they're the team that keeps winning. And I think that's what's going to turn people against them. It's mm -hmm. bad storytelling and it's bad character development for them. And it's a shame because people were so into Lee and Swerve. And I think everyone into this expected them to win and they didn't. And that's what's going to make people turn against them. Uh, and I've got to be honest, you know, let, let's see what happens on Dynamite. But because Lee and Swerve didn't win, I'm like... Well, I don't really want to see them as a tag team. Yeah, thank you. I would much prefer them to be singles guys. So yeah. that's like, oh, an act that was really getting over and hot and had momentum. As of right now, I don't want them as an act anymore. Unless, of course, they're just going to continue on their feud just without the tag belts oh involved gosh, against Team Taz. Taz. Yeah. No. Because <laughs> they can be like, well, we've still got unfinished business. They've had unfinished business forever. Well, exactly. But that's part of the problem sometimes, isn't it? Difference between long-term storytelling and a story that tells a lot, takes a long yeah. time to tell. So that's the show. Mm -hmm. We've been, you know, very down on it, I would say. Yeah. I'd still give it, like, you know, the four out of five in terms of overall pay-per-views. But... I would say that is a big gulf because the other eight, you know, maybe it's 76% for me. That's lower than the WrestleManias. Someone, I saw someone in the live chats yesterday say, if Ollie scores this lower than WrestleMania, he's officially lost his mind. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, it's. It was too long. It was too it long. It was too long for a card that had multiple three and a half star matches. As I said earlier, if this was a card of four star, four and a half star matches, and you did it for four and a half hours, 100% go at it. But if you haven't got that work, if you haven't got that on the card, then it feels long. And matches like this, the six, the intergender six person tag was an absolute mess. Darby versus Carl, grand, probably shouldn't have been on the pay per view. Hardy's versus Bucks, grand, probably shouldn't have been on the pay per view. It feels like there was a lot of um, adjustments and allowances made because of mm. some basketballs that I think impacted the success of this pay-per-view. Looking, uh, looking at that card, there, there is a five-star card in that. Yeah, absolutely there is. Um, um, looking at the community poll that we posted up, so we've had at least 6,000 votes uh, on this, and 52% thought this was a four out of five great purview, 29% thinking it was a five out of five show, 14% thinking it was thumbs in the middle. So definitely lower skewing than usual. Usually AEW pay-per-views got their like 70% five out of five. Yeah, I'm easily so. Let's get in with your Omega Chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Last call for those. Get those in. $5 and above. We'll read them out. Uh, JD, for the first time in my life, I'm not embarrassed to be a pro wrestling fan. I watch with my friends that do not watch wrestling, and they were so into that show, specifically the last three matches. I'm so damn happy. Well, that's great. That's great. Southern Blue. This show felt like the conclusion to a few big storylines. A few matches I see coming soon are Jurassic Express versus House of Black. I'd like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus LAX, yes. Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky, and Jericho versus Punk. Hmm, they could do that. I don't think I'd want to go like. Yeah, it wouldn't be my first option. No, when you mentioned Malachi Black earlier, I'm like, oh no, that <laughs> that I'm into. Where do you see AEW going from here, specifically Punk? Um, you know, I don't think you do Page again. 
But again, what we said is like it's Forbidden Door next. So it's it depends on what is Forbidden Door. Is it champion versus champion? Is it someone from New Japan challenging for the AEW World title and someone from AEW challenging for the IWGP Championship? If that is the case, I think it's likely going to be Punk Jay White for the mm-hmm. AEW Championship and Adam Cole versus Okada for the IWGP because they were doing a massive push around the fact that Bullet Club yeah. is a big force in this. Charles Berg. I'm not a young kid anymore. By the time it hits 11pm, I'm out cold. So I watched the rest of the show when I woke back up. I wanted Hangman to win, but I'm not upset with the outcome. Also, you guys lied. (laughs) The thumbnail was supposed to be Landon's bump. How did we not cover this? So yeah, there was a moment during the Hardys-Bucks match where Matt Hardy was doing his deletes head smashes into the table. He did it to Matt Jackson, then he did it to Nick Jackson, and then... Brandon Cutler gets on the apron being like, no, I'm Brandon Cutler. So Matt grabs him and he does it while on sort of the outside. Brandon then goes like a cell turning around and does a big Ric Flair style forward flop and throws his face. Remember, he's wearing a protective mask because he had that big orbital injury, smashes his face into the apron. It was the most incredible bump. Great slapstick. Laxim Narasimhan B. I was really glad to see that MJF ended up doing business on the pay-per-view. That sounds like he did a poopy poop. It was a pretty good show. Not AEW's best, but I guess All Out, Full Gear, Revolution and Grand Slam had spoiled us. A three out of five to four out of five? A three out of five to four? Out of five? 3.5 to four out of five. There we go. Sight. All right. A 70, 80% show. You happy? That's exactly what no, but also it's a, it's the point that I've been making about um, Dynamite as of late, which is just like, it's a consistently four out of five show. For some reason, that makes it sound like it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, from our moderator, Nad. Well, now I'm convinced Herb Abrams from Dark Side of the Ring is still alive because only he could have booked that anarchy in the arena match. Also, is it only me or did Eddie Kingston being covered in condiments make you crave hot dogs? Uh, not for me because I don't like those hot dog sausages because they don't taste like it's real. Mm, cartoon food. It is cartoon food. Ben Vlarick, Cole winning using only one finisher. <laughs> it was to the back of the head as well. Yeah, he usually does it to the back of the oh, head. Okay. Uh, madness. He didn't even hit a Panama sunrise on the outside, followed by three booms in a row. Yeah, good point. In all seriousness, since most big Cole matches are finisher fests, it's surprising to win with just one, especially against Joe. I mean, I was about to say time constraints, but that can't be true. Riot DR. Hey, yo. When going through wrestling training, I was quick to pick up bumping and was the smallest guy in the class. That being said, I've never felt more empathy or sympathy than I feel for MJF. Mad respect for taking 10 power bombs. 10 power bombs. Yeah, it's a lot. The bad one, Jam Beard. I love Paige as a champ, but I'm stoked for a punk title run. Just like I thought with the tag titles, that should have been put on Swerve and Lee. Felt like the right time to take the title off him. Uh, again, also a couple of things I've seen on Twitter coming out of the pay-per-view. The Owen Hart titles are made to look like old Stampede wrestling titles and the Gear Rosa War will be auctioned off and money given to help uh, over, I can't say that, Uvalde? Shooting victims, you know, from the awful shooting last week. Mm-hmm. Which so, is amazing. That's really good. She had like a big sort of like <coughs> message to them on her uh, gear, which is lovely. Frank Botello. Glad CM Punk won. Also, I told my brother how Lee and Swerve are stars during the tag match, and he asked, <laughs> then why are they in the tag division? That feels like uh, WWE indoctrination of mm. like tag teams cannot mm. be stars. Right, DR. Though I'm not sure this match was necessary on pay-per-view, I still love Kyle O'Reilly. He and Darby never go half-assed. Came to mind this morning, but after this victory, I need to see O'Reilly versus Jonathan Gresham. 
for the ROH title, So Many Belts. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. Nick Corvello. Hey, guys. I'm glad you enjoyed the show immensely overall. I enjoyed it for the most part in my third theatre experience, though this one was much less enjoyable because the one I was in this time was a WWE-biased crowd for sure who were cheering. For the only for only for the XWWE talent and booing AEW originals with a few exceptions, cheering Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, and the Lucha Bros. Only a few like me were cheering for AEW originals, and only myself and one other guy who knew Roosh was very deflating. We didn't talk about Roosh again. We forgot to talk about Roosh. So there was a. It's because you might know, folks. We're doing this with that. We didn't take any notes on the show last night. So we're doing this all from memory. So there was a backstage segment with Andrade El Idolo talking with Jose, and he was basically saying like. Hey, my group sucks. Um, I've been in this company for a while now, and I've had no good storylines, and I'm saddled with a group of idiot losers. What can we do to make them not idiot losers anymore? Tell you what we're going to do. I'm just going to dump the group, stop that storyline, and I'm going to start up a new business. And in walks Roosh. And they essentially say, Los Inganables, I don't know if I ever say that right, is now in AEW. That is is a cool-ass tag team. And particularly because we've got Dehapon in New Japan Pro Wrestling, there's some very cool faction stuff that can be done there leading up into uh, Forbidden Door. I think Roosh is an incredible wrestler. He I is love awesome. watching him work. I'm so excited. So, so excited for that. Hopefully it comes to something. Um... Steve Atkin. I feel so bad for Chris Statlander. First she debuts her new character on Dark, then gets eliminated from the Owen by Soho who didn't even win the thing, and now after it looked as though she would be positioned as the next TBS challenger, it seems Stat's been super superseded by Athena for that. Even the Ever the Bridesmaid, Never the Bride. Such a shame for the most talented in AEW. Adding the title run of Rosa and the poor treatment of Shida shows TK's disrespect to most of his women's division. I agree with some of that. Mm. I think I agree with all of it. Omar Josui. Hot take, but I didn't feel like MJF got buried. Who thinks that? No, it was just he was squashed, but... But it was supposed to be yeah, a squash was, match. Yeah, it somehow feels like he's lost nothing. Yeah, always, always. The story was it was designed to be a squash mm. match. The story they've been building to this is not to have a 20-minute story. It was to have Wardlow go out there, powerbomb him a bunch, and win. This is, you know, what we're saying with... Uh, um, Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole at WrestleMania. That story should have just been, boom, pile driver, and, and he wins. Bret Hart with Vince McMahon. Locks in the sharpshooter, Vince McMahon taps out. It's all it needed to be. Mm -hmm. This match just needed to be, MJF takes a load of power bombs, and Wardlow wins. It's refreshing to see people not overthinking stuff. Yes, that's yeah. exactly it. The whole point of this story has been that he's been underestimating Wardlow at every turn, but now he poked the bear, and the bear can fight back, and he realized it in the ring. Also, Punk as champion is great. Omar continues. That being said, here's a fun pitch for Wardlow. Have him go into a feud with Scorpio, which he wins. Next night, uh, out he issues an open challenge for the next TV special. Holy music begins to play, and out comes the Redeemer, ready to claim what he'd lost. Miro versus Wardlow. Go for that. <gasps> I love that, Omar. So, according to the chat, it's what Pete said in his review, that he felt that MJF was uh, buried or squashed in the... I mean, he was, he's not wrong. He, he was, was categorically squashed. Yes, but this was, was not buried. far from a burial. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I'll take over. Richie R says, hey, y'all. I was the guy who was introducing his girlfriend to wrestling for the first time with Double or Nothing, and she loved the show. Standout favorites were Keith Lee and Hookhausen. She may have ended up with a crush on Hook by the end of the night. Join the club. Farquhar Force. Good show overall, particularly the last three matches, but with a flabby middle, a bit like me. Um, that's me interjecting here. Uh, what message do you think WWE is sending to AEW talent with the Cody push? And contrast that with the message AEW sends to WWE talent with the treatment of Soho and Storm. I did, One of the most surprising stories of 2022 is how this one-way traffic just doesn't seem uh, as smart as an idea as it used to be. AEW is overstuffed. AEW does not book its women well. So, yeah. Crazy. I mean, you are completely right there, but I don't think, you know, I've said this before. Stu Grayson ain't getting the Cody treatment if he yeah. goes across. Yeah. Uh, Ten Rosa, as someone who doesn't religiously watch every WWE pay per view, mainly just the big four, that's nothing against Stu Grayson, by the way. <laughs> no, that's just, it's that, just that, the, that's what just WWE, what WWE would perceive him as. Um, sorry, Ten Rosa, as someone who doesn't religiously watch every WWE pay per view, mainly just the big four, maybe plus two or three, I love the long, great quality pay per views for four a year that AEW does. Being in Australia helps with the time. It's great to say, shut up, America, you have it good. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've made this point before. I don't mind a massively long pay-per-view because they only do them four times a year. Because every month, that'd be a problem. But it's a, a quarterly thing, so I don't mind it. But this was, at four hours, 40 minutes, because of some basketballs, it was too long. Uh, Batman films come out every three years. Still think three hours was too long. <laughs> Carl McIver. They come out every more than three years. Yeah, Warner Brothers have only got one successful <laughs> property. It's like, oh, what do we do? I'll make another Batman movie. Carl uh, McIver. I like Wardlow, but I'm in the minority of let's just spam the one move. It was funny with Cena versus Lesnar in 2015. Jeff Hardy looked not right from the start. Punk winning rules. It's wrestling. Just like what you like. Don't be a dick. Four out of five show. Time wasn't an issue. Matt Carney, in regard to the MJF situation, I feel like Tony should now use his dark side, focus away from the well-being of the wrestlers, and move towards maintaining the stability and integrity of a company. Although Vince is a lizard, he is also a long-surviving one. There probably does need to be a... I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing the house clearing of AEW with those OG contracts not being renewed. Uh, the Rick Petch. I watched your reactions on delay starting as you were finishing. Wanted to say uh, this, but it was too late. The Riddle Lee chants were also prevalent at progress shows where they took on Mustache Mountain. On Dublin, I think, felt a few bad endings chosen for good matches. Uh, Left Wing Dragon said, It doesn't matter this ex WWE guy thing or if they're a good wrestler, just book them at the top of the card whether they're homegrown or not. It's just because for a long time, WWE was the only main North American product that so many wrestlers are now ex WWE. That, and they signed everyone on the independent circuit back in 2017, 2018. So now everyone is ex WWE. Uh, Tenra's a uh, punk winning is fun. We didn't think we would ever really have this a couple of years ago. Athena was great to see, and Stokely will be legendary. Can't wait for Dynamite next week with everything involved with it being in LA, and the Warner execs are going to be there. Mm. Carlo, <clears throat> Sean Spears bought the ticket. <laughs> Uh, Noah Fortner, the MJF stuff ruined the match for me, to be honest, but I'm kind of tired of hearing it being about who bought the plane ticket. Is it the new who stole Vince McMahon's golden egg? Well, we know who stole the golden egg. You're saying Austin Theory bought the plane ticket? Uh, Nick Smith, first Ultra Chant, emailed my CM Punk title run, but here is my heel idea for the last night. Uh, during the please don't hit me spot, Punk smiled and holds out a hand for the handshake. Hangman oh. goes to hit him, Punk counters it with a low blow, GTS, and he wins. 
Well, that would have been cool. I don't think you need Punk to do the the low blow. You could just have him do the handshake. Mm-hmm. And maybe Paige would go, and try and swing. And that's when Punk counters. Right, DR. Rouge is it? Right, yeah. Rouge is in AEW. He's with Andrade. Dragon Lee, maybe. And we can have the OG Los Ingranables versus Death Triangle. Oh, oh my lord. Yeah, I mean, versus House of Black as well could go for. Here he is, Chris uh-huh. Lilly. I see even Alexa herself agrees with me that Julia Hart is trying to be her, calling herself the trendsetter with a gift herself, playing with Brainer, full twisted bliss. Of course, the AEW drones can't handle, get called out for being hypocrites. Chris, think Alexa's having fun. Yeah. It's a it's all fun and games, mate. Uh, I don't think she's actually mad because they're not connected. Someone sent us an email saying we shouldn't really pay any attention mm. to any of this. Anyway, Magic Mac Music says, Charlotte Baker winning... <laughs> uh, Britt Baker, calling her Charlotte Flair. Oh, I see. Char- it's not that clever, really, but it made me laugh. <laughs> Charlotte Baker winning was really disappointing to me. She's getting go-away heat from me. Also, Anna Jane no-selling the top rope jaded after the match really bugs me. Good mm. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. The Milkman. Oh, Tony. I was there last night and people were really dialed in for the Rosa Deep match. Instant classic for me. Crowd were massively into it, which was nice to see. Yeah, good good that it sucked in the live crowd. Uh, Ten Rosa, there needs to be a setting on the AEW game to keep the theme playing as you brawl and play the match. (laughs) Yes! I was pulling for Strictly in the tag title match. New tag champs now, please. Can't wait for Forbidden Door. Can't wait for the New Japan sightings ahead. That's such a good idea for the game mode. I love that. Uh, Cody said, who would you like to see Christian team with to feud with Jurassic Express if they do go in that direction? I see it as more of a singles feud. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, yeah. Marco Stump. Um, Hannah Allen has been a member for 11 months in a row. Thank you guys so much for a brilliant pay-per-view. The Wrestle Talk family means so much to me. So much love for you all. I swear I've been a member longer, by the way. Jam that jam. <laughs> Take it up with YouTube. Nate S, really fun show. Great watching with you guys last night. Two questions. Can you recall the tallest man you've ever seen? And who bought the plane ticket? <laughs> Can't wait for... Excuse me. Can't wait for the loud and fleshy consensual violence of Forbidden Door. So loud many in-jokes. Fleshy. And lastly, Paul Egan. Here's some beautiful Australian oh. dollars for you, lads. Oh. Although I thoroughly enjoyed most of the show, it take uh, sorry. Although I Craigie. I thoroughly enjoyed most of the show. Its length makes me miss the perfect NXT takeovers. Five matches with five star classics done in two and a half hours, all killer, no fillers. Yes. And also I appear to be the only one in agreement with this. TK's answer to Bischoff was awesome. Was it awesome or was it cringy and embarrassing? Which is what makes it awesome. Hmm. I just, you know, <clears throat> I've said I'm concerned for AW, a thing I love, because I see certain things happening. There's an outsider that have derailed other promotions, and that behavior does not fill me with confidence. What it was is someone with passing knowledge that he has uh rode for the last 30 years because he had one good idea 30 years ago said some things that are categorically not true and tony khan said here is facts and evidence that shows why he is wrong oh yeah yeah only it's just the fact that he'd had a quite probably a cup of coffee before he'd gone out to to do the interview and then just kept on going and going and going because and here's another reason why he's wrong and here's another reason reason why he is wrong and every other word was the f word well yeah um i mean you, I, I totally get it though because 
if you're Tony Khan and you've got this person being like, I mean, he's making so many bad business decisions for X, Y, and Z. And Tony Khan's like, you're an idiot, mate, because mm. look at all the money that we're making, making these decisions that you're saying are apparently wrong. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to be annoyed at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would, I would hope that you could rise above and not address it in such a sort of a rambly way you'd hope so as well but this is the wrestling industry and it was well, it's, it's the it's the thing that you know it sort of grinds against me with tony's online mm -hmm. you know twitter online oh, conduct yeah. as well like i i don't think it's good yeah i mean he is very good at winding up people on twitter like that post he did on friday where he was talking about having dinner with dana white mm -hmm. and in the process of that also promoting rampage was just like so beautifully constructed mm -hmm. to wind a certain group of people up I think sometimes that's a bit fun. There's also times where I'm like, I wouldn't have said the the big swell stuff. I think you were massively wrong there. Yeah, I I just think overall, it's a mistake <laughs> to to sort of give give the things even the light of day. Yeah, I think his answer was right. His manner was terrible, and it was too much like much like <laughs> much like double or nothing. Too long yes. and a bit bloated in the middle. Speaking of too long. It's an hour and a half into the show now. We're going to bring it to a close, but thank you very much to everyone who's joined us here right now and everyone who joined us with the live reactions yesterday. What have we got coming up this week, Luke? So tomorrow it is the Raw Review, looking at the Go Home Show before Hell in a Cell. And then on Wednesday, Adam and Sullivan Bowbrand will be doing their Hell in a Cell predictions ahead of the live reactions this weekend. Thursday, myself and Ollie Davis will be reviewing Dynamite or the Fallout from Double or Nothing. The Team Danuke return show returns on Friday without me. Pete will be doing it with Denise Salcedo, who is returning to the show. And then on Saturday, Pete and I think Tempest will be reviewing SmackDown and Rampage. And then it is Hell in a Cell on Sunday live reactions with Adam and Sullivan. We've got another pay-per-view week. Jam that jam. 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 Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.